three. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, we want to first and foremost apologize for the uh, length of time between uh, our last lesson podcast and, and today. We uh, Life kind of got in the way with startup, getting back to work and everything. So um, it's been a little hectic here. Uh, however, we're, we're back in uh, better than we were last time, hopefully. Uh, we'll let you be the judge and uh, we're, we're back and we're today the plan is we're gonna uh, kind of wrap up where we've been and uh, start to project forward as some of our next lessons come uh, come into view uh, with me always is my esteemed colleague Mr. Ray how's everything beautiful Somerset this morning everything is lovely my friend people are clamoring clamoring the, 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 there's a clamor have you noticed the clamor it's not, not much but maybe <laughs> Yeah, understood. No, everything, everything's very, very well. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. Absolutely. We've had, uh, you know, been a little, little different <laughs> week. We've had the governor put out some new things and uh, yeah, make some adjustments and tweaks as we get to this weekend. But it's wonderful that we're back to uh, at, at least some semblance of in-person services again. Um, you know, I know we've been meeting, Southside's been meeting where Michael's at. So it's good that, that we have that, um, but still we've, uh, surprisingly to us, <laughs> had some demand that uh, several want us to keep going with where we are, even though um, there's Bible studies and stuff going back on in services. So first of all, thank you. Um, we absolutely didn't expect that. I mean, we, as we told you from the beginning, we're doing this for fun because um, we enjoy it and we're hoping that somebody else laughs at us or with us. We don't really care at, with, doesn't matter. Uh, but we're, uh, we're thankful to, to keep doing it and to, and to keep moving forward. Uh, we're going to do our uh, level best uh, to try to stick to some semblance of a schedule and, uh, and keep these things fairly regular. Um, however, uh, life happens and responsibilities pull us in different directions. So if, if there's a little, little lag there, we do apologize up front, but um, given, given everything else going on, we got to do what we got to do. I assure you, if they're laughing at us, they're laughing with us because we're <laughs> laughing at each other. So I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any at that's not that's going to offend us. But uh, I will, uh, I will share our um, our budget that we've looked at um, over the past past several weeks, Mike, and uh, I'll let you kind of introduce where we've been and kind of what we hope to uh, hope to accomplish today. All right, so so the important thing that we start with is is our verses here. That you know, this has been the basis of this budget discussion, and and today as we we try to put a pin on that discussion, um, it, it's important to go, to understand where we've been. So uh, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herd, for riches do not last forever. Uh, and, and we've got to know where we're at. That, that's been really our our theme. This is what the budget is: a budget, an accounting statement. Um, it's just a where am I? Um, and, and if you're just starting out, if you've been on this journey and you're just starting out and you want to, you know, get going, the first thing you got to do is just know where you're at. Um, know what you've got coming in, know what you've got going out and know, you know, I, and if you can categorize it, if you can put it into some of these categories, like we have been, know where your, your money's going. And, and for a lot of people, you know, I, I do this exercise with people all the time professionally. Um, and for a lot of people, it's scary um, because they realize that their money's going to some things that they didn't think it was going to because it goes out a dollar or two dollars at a time. But you do that every day for a month and all of a sudden you've spent real money. Um, so 
we you got to kind of start there. And then um, from Luke chapter 14 and verse 28, uh, for which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't sit down first and compute the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it. That, that's really what this is about is to sit down and figure out where your life's going to be. Don't let life come to you. Um, sit down and, and plan and, and put the pencil to it and say, look, you know, here's what we got coming in and here's what, what we are willing to spend in each of these places and, and give some mindful thought to that. Um, before we start getting into where we've been to, you know, this, we've said this a bunch of times. And, and so I, I want to say it again, this is an evolution, not a revolution. You can't change your mortgage payment right now. Well, you can, if you're refinancing the house and you can potentially lower it and all that, you know, but outside of that, you know, some of your costs are fixed costs. And if you haven't been doing this in the past and you've got fixed costs that you've got in here, you may have to adjust, you know, your budget from where it's at today to the idyllic budget that we've been talking about. Um, and, and don't, you know, don't be down on yourself about that. You've got to start somewhere. But as your family makes plans and decisions moving forward, that's where you can move to the idyllic budget. That's where you can start to say, all right, you know, we got a raise. And instead of dumping raise money into one of these categories that we don't want to be, let's catch up one of these categories that we've been behind in. It's those types of, of things and decisions that you need to make about. Um, and, and the other thing that we've said a bunch is, this needs to be a family decision. And, and I'm not asking you to ask your seven-year-old how he feels about the grocery budget. But I'm saying as a husband and wife, sit down, talk about this, pray about this, uh, and make sure you can both get on the same page. And, and this is not a bone of contention. You know, we're not trying to make your marriage harder by going through budget stuff. Um, but what we're trying to do is actually make it better that both of you can come to a conclusion that, you know, you've got God involved in your marriage, you got God involved in your finances, and, and you can make some of these decisions as we move forward. So say all that, you know, to, to kind of as, as prep, but Michael, as we get into, uh, well, let's talk about where we've, where we've been. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to offer one additional caveat, or, or maybe more than one, we'll see where this goes, but uh, <laughs> at least one. And, and, and that would be to say, first of all, as you said, remember this, this budget is aspirational. Um, and this is, this is where we, um, we don't expect everybody to be here, but we think that this is maybe a picture of, of, of what a good stewardship budget would look like. And secondly, I think it's important to remember that we're not saying that a balanced budget um, infers godliness, right? And we've, we've made that, we've made that point several times is that it's not as if we're going to balance this budget and we achieve some level of godliness. It's more that godly people should want to have a stewardship budget. And, and so, you know, I think we're that way on, we, our mindset should be that way on a number of things in our, in our Christian walk is, is man, I can't believe, I can't believe God's going to force me to balance my budget um, or, or spend in a, in a stewardship way. It's more about, man, if I'm, if I am truly, if Jesus has, has truly had an influence on me, and if, I, if, I'm, if I'm truly trying to walk with God, my budget, my checkbook should reflect that. And does my checkbook truly reflect that? And so, you know, this, this kind of gives us a, an opportunity of self-reflection is that we, you know, why does, why does Jesus talk about our budget so, so often? Um, why does he talk about finances and money? And, and, and although, you know, a surprising number of times in the New Testament, as we've referenced before in this study, well, the reason is because we believe that these things are an index of our heart. 
And so um, when, when we examine this, when we do pay attention to our flocks and herds, we, it, I, I, we believe it is an index of our heart. It, it does show, you know, uh, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. It does kind of show where, um, what we value. And, and so uh, we hope that you don't, uh, or at least I hope that we, we're not looking at this budget and saying, oh, I guess this is something that I've got to do, but rather, man, what an opportunity for my uh, finances to reflect who I am. Um, and, and so I think that's important that we, that we handle that in the correct way, that this is a, as you said, this is an evolution of a heart. Um, this this is the the result of a thoughtful process of people that are that are sincere seekers, and and um, it, it's our contention that if if you are one of those, that we're going to work together to to get to this aspirational budget, um, and and not think of it as just another thing that that God is uh, enforcing on us against our will. Uh, that, that, that I think that distinction is important. So, go ahead. Yeah, the, the, the only correction I'll have is uh, I'm not sure what our target audience is, but there's probably a percentage that has no idea what a checkbook is. <laughs> so you're gonna have to update your references. Um, so <laughs> your what your Apple Pay reflects or bank account, credit card uh, statement, credit card statement. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, as, as you think about this, really, uh, you know, budgetedness is not next to godliness. That's not in the scriptures. Um, so, so again, as, as Michael pointed out, it, it's, it's very important to understand that, you know, this, um, I think out of, uh, you know, when Jesus says that out of, out of your mouth is what comes out of your heart. I, I think there too, it's, it's out of your finances also, yes. um, tells, tells what you care about. You, you spend money mm -hmm. on stuff you care about. Yes. Um, no question. So I don't mean to belabor that, but if this is, uh, you know, if this is completely unimportant to you and you don't see the value in it, first of all, you're probably not listening. So it's probably not relevant, but if this is, if this is completely, you know, irrelevant and valueless, the, the we, we probably need to go back upstream. Right. And we need to talk just more generally about, um, faith, you know, your faith and in, in what were you converted to and, and, you know, has, has there been a genuine change in our hearts? And, and look, look, so, so th all those issues are upstream of this. This is, this is kind of a, uh, this is a 300 level, you know, Christianity class in, in some ways, because we're talking about people who have had changed hearts and want their financial lives to reflect that. And, and, and the the other side of that coin too is if this is way too important to you and you think balancing a budget is going to get you into heaven um, and, and you're, you know, working on a list-based rules-based system, um, we also got to go back upstream and talk about grace and, and, and talk about how salvation actually works. You know, this is, as Michael said, this it's an evolution. We do this because of our faith, because of grace, because of salvation. That's why you want to do stuff like this. Yes. You know, if, if you're still in the have to world of I'm compelled and I'm going to go to hell if I, you know, can't balance my budget, then we've got to have other conversations too. So yeah. it, it's both sides of the coin. This, this, this is a balanced approach here. Yeah, no question that uh, this is. This is because we believe it's God's stuff and we want to do a good job with it. And so, uh, and so it's important to us. So with all, with all that being said, we'll quickly kind of go through um, um, the parts of, of a stewardship budget. Again, we believe this is an aspirational budget for a real family and the parts of this budget that we've discussed in, in other lessons. If any of this is interesting, you can certainly go back and find those. 
but um, all budgets uh, necessarily begin with a income number. And in this case, we, we based it on a gross income of $50,000, which is the median income in the state of Kentucky. So we thought, you know, that was probably a fair number that everyone could relate to at some level. So that would be a monthly representation of that annual gross income. And from that number, everything else in this budget flows. Um, Mike and I have tried to, to impress that we believe the first um, the first thing that we consider as, as you know, we know what's coming into the bucket. This is the first thing that, that comes out of the bucket um, is our giving and understanding that we have responsibilities both um, from a, from a church perspective and from just doing other good deeds, other kingdom purposes perspective. Um, and, and that, that, that part of our budget is important and we should have a, a, a number there and we talk about the importance of even setting that aside into an account perhaps that, that all that can make sense after giving um, we're, there's there's a give and then there's a save and this is the um, this is the make sure that we have replacement funds available or make sure that we you know Ephesians 428 <laughs> work with your hands so that you can help someone in need this is making sure that we to ourselves don't find our, our you know when when hard times come that, that we have replacement funds available um, for, um, we have a savings account, we have an investment account that we can replace the dishwasher in the roof so that we still have that other bucket of giving available so we can help somebody in need when the time comes. So this is just, um, this is good stewardship in our judgment that we have those funds set aside for those purposes for replacement for ourselves and retirement is really just replacing income that we've lost. So this is replacement, um, replacement funds um, for things that happen in our own life. So we continue, we can continue to give like we want to um, in the first example. So we give and we save. <clears throat> and then obviously we have expenses. The biggest expense for, for most, um, most all of us is, is our housing. We talked about all the things that go into that and how do we make sure that our home um, is not, um, is not just a line item and expense on our budget, but it is an asset that God is using in our life. And so how do we make sure that, that this, this housing budget um, has return for God? Uh, how do we make sure that, that this is God's home and his purposes are being fulfilled in our home? A number of ways we can do that. And then we talk about debt. And the reason that this family and this aspirational budget can achieve the giving and saving goals that they have for themselves is because they, as you can see, they have no non-mortgage debt. <clears throat> and, and again, uh, if there are debt, if there are payments on this line, it just affects everything else. Um, it affects what we can give. It affects what we can, what we can save. Um, we, we spent some time in our last, in our last uh, session talking about taxes, uh, the reality of taxes, um, how Jesus kind of uh, view of that, now we should view it and understand that it's a, it's a line item on our budget and we have to uh, account for that appropriately. And so with all of those things being said, we come to kind of what we'll close up this conversation about budget and we'll talk about some other expenditures. We're going to put a number of things in that bucket. Um, but we know that, you know, it's not just, it's not just housing that are monthly expenses beyond our giving and our saving. There's other things, you know, we got to eat. Um, and so there's, there's grocery bills and, and dying out bills. We know that, that there are medical expenses and you'll see that's another line item on the budget. There's also things that we do for entertainment. 
um, there's clothing, all that is in this budget. Um, and you can see there are, well, down that way, there's medical expenses, there's health insurance expenses, there's clothing expenses, all these personal items. And there's also um, just entertainment expenses, things that we do for fun. And so, Mike, the, the conversation, I guess, today that we'll have, we'll have briefly is, what is the Christian's view on kind of these other expenditures? Does, does God care how we, how we spend funds in this manner? Um, and, and what, what, um, what should we be thinking about? What kind of qualifications should we put in our own head? Is this, is this a good spend? Um, and, and what, what is the Christian viewpoint on those things? Um, here's, here's a handful of verses to kind of guide that conversation, but I'll, I'll let you take it, uh, where you will. So, you know, and, and that, you kind of set this up well, but, you know, when we talk about those things, um, you know, groceries is the harder one in this category, um, as, as well as healthcare, um, but what we're getting to, to, to this point, we've examined every other spot of the budget, right? Now we're to, you know, really the discretionary spending. Um, healthcare and groceries really aren't discretionary, but they're kind of in this miscellaneous spending. Yeah, the reason, just very briefly, the reason that I show groceries on that line is because I think for all of us, there is this relationship between groceries and eating out, right? And right. that, that there is some discretion in how are we going to get calories into this machine, <laughs> into, into this temple? How are, how are we getting calories into this temple? And there's, there, are, um, there are some economical ways to do that, and, and there's some lavish ways to do that. And so there is some discretion in, in the amount of money that we're going we're gonna to spend to consume food. Right, and, 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 uh, and, and that's a great point. You know, we, we talk about that. Um, you know, if you're, and, and that, that this is part of, of the stewardship, right? You know, if, if you're spending heavy at the grocery store, but half the food's going bad because you eat out six days a week, that, that's also a problem, right? That there's got to be this balance between uh, the, the two of them. And also, you know, want to put there because the, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, there's some flex in the, in the grocery bill. You know, if you, you know, look for coupons. If you shop for deals, if you, you know, there's a big difference in just, hey, I'm going to go grab whatever's on the shelf that I need for this recipe versus, you know, I'm going to, you know, search online and see if I can find a coupon to, to save 50 cents here and 50 cents there. So I've always said that, that it should be a purposeful part of our spending, just like anything else. I don't believe at, as a financial advisor that you should ever spend money without thinking about it. I mean, there should be some conscious thought behind that. If, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend anybody right now to go out and just, you know, interest rates are low. And if you're going to refinance your house, just go with the first person you see, look at rates, shop rates. You know, if one bank's offering three and a half and that sounds great, well, it may sound great because you don't know that 3% flat is available down the street. So shop, know what you're going what's going on and know if you can get a discount, if you can save money, if you can get the same goods for a lesser price, do that. That, 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 that makes some sense. But also when you start to look into some of these other categories, I think an honest discussion needs to be had. Um, and and, and I'll, I'll pin this hard question on, on Michael here is would Jesus eat out? Would Jesus go to the movies? Would Jesus ever smile or have fun or go to an amusement park, um, 
is that a consideration? Should are, are Christians wasting or setting money on fire if they ever enjoy themselves? <laughs> well, if you phrase it like that, it makes it a lot easier. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you know, this, this example has been used many times. And so um, I don't think I'm breaking new ground here, but obviously we all understand that Jesus' first miracle happened at, at, at a wedding. And that was... Uh, obviously there's some providence about Jesus being there because of the things that he was able to do. But also that was, that was a p- time that he was going to be able to spend with his friends and with his family, with people in the community. Um, and, and, and there, there's a handful of other examples we could look at in that regard. And so it, I think it would be a, um, a, a misuse of scripture and, and you'd be putting words in God's mouth to say that, you know, any a dollar that is spent on entertainment is a wasted dollar. I don't I don't think that that is I don't think that's a fair statement at all. I do. I do think that, as you said, it all needs to be purposeful. Uh, it needs to be thought about. And, it, and you know, there obviously there's some ac- there's some activities that we can get involved in that Jesus wouldn't approve of. That's that's really not the purpose of this this study. But you know, we need to be, be aware of that. We don't need to be, be doing things that are illegal or illicit or, or uh, would damage our reputation, obviously. Uh, but at, at, at the same time, um, you know, Jesus laughed. Jesus spent time with children. Jesus went to weddings. Jesus, you know, he was this, uh, if, if we have a vision of this stoic, prosaic Jesus who, who never showed emotion and never wanted to enjoy himself and and, and just sternly and gravely walked along pronouncing woe after woe. I, I think that we've, we've mis- we have, we have chosen verses to fit our narrative. Um, and, and rather the, the, the scriptures speak about Jesus being, having very human emotions. Um, now, obviously they were tempered by the fact that he, he was, he was the, the perfect son of God. And so they, they never, they never got out of control as sometimes that mine would, but, but all the things that we experience, the, the, the joy and the pain and the, the laughter and the, the, you know, why did he enjoy being with his friends? Um, all those things, all those things were, were true of Jesus and they'll be true of us. So how does that relate to, to our budget? Well, I think that it, it is unnecessarily uh, restrictive. It's unnecessarily, um, uh, what's the right word uh, where, where we res- restrict all human pleasure. Uh, there's a great word for that. Uh, um, anyway, it's, it's, it's unnecessarily, um, it's not aesthetic, but it's in that neighborhood. It, 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 there's no reason that we should um, self-flagellate, <laughs> you know, that we just, just for the, just so we can prove how godly we are. Um, that, that, that's an unnecessary, um, restriction as long as it works in the budget and we can give and save and, and, uh, do the things that we need to do from a stewardship perspective. I don't think that that is a limitation we should put on ourselves. Yeah. While budgetedness is not next to godliness and I'm pretty sure I made that word up. Yep. Uh, Miserable isn't also next to godliness. And and I think there's sometimes this, to Michael's point, there is this terrible view that we get that, you know, if I'm having fun, then I must not be doing something right, which is just ridiculous. Um, It's absolutely ridiculous. And to think that Jesus was um, 
and, and this is a terrible way to, th- to say it, but I, I can't think of any other way to do it, that Jesus was always on, that he was always, you know, perfect master, teacher, and never relaxed, never laughed, never enjoyed his surroundings of, of the friends or where he was at is, is to me, it's dishonest view of scripture. You, you know, to, to my point, you're, you're taking verses, you're not reading the whole context and you've got a narrative that you want to fit. But if you honestly read and look at the life of Jesus, he, you know, he enjoyed himself. And further, when we get into Hebrews, if he was tempted in all points as we are, if he is a perfect sympathetic high priest, how could he be sympathetic and never enjoy anything? And it doesn't make any sense. You know, in, intrinsically, when we try to put this stuff together, we've got to understand that, that Jesus knows how to enjoy himself here. He found that and ways that we can and modeled that for us and also found, you know, the things that we got to stay away from. And there's, there's certain places to Michael's point that, that don't have any part in our, our entertainment. Um, so I, I, you know, would Jesus have a Netflix account or, you know, would, would Jesus go to a movie? Um, you know, I think so. I mean, I, I think at, I don't know. I don't think Jesus would, you know, sit on the couch from Friday until Monday morning eating Cheetos and watching Netflix. I mean, I, I don't see that. But could could he, you know, when he got to Mary and, and, and Martha's, you know, after supper, could they watch the movie together? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I don't think that, that that would be completely out of character. So, you know, in these these things that we set aside and these these entertainment options, as long as your life is an entertainment, like like with most things Michael and I've talked about in this class, it's about moderation. It's about not going all in on any one thing. So as long as, as, as your life isn't about entertainment or your life isn't about one of these other discretionary uh, items, I mean, we could have easily put in there children's sports and activities. That, that could be one of these line items in here. You know, if you spend a third of your budget or, or a third of your take home discretionary income on chasing your child's, you know, dream of becoming a professional baseball player, then you probably need to reassess your budget. You probably need to sit down and think through, is that the best, you know, if you can't give to the church, if you can't give to help others, but you're spending, you know, a third or a half of your budget on, you know, baseball equipment, I I think you as a family need to reassess. Yeah, um, and, and, and to, to your point, I think you make an excellent point there. This is a lot about just comparing the um, maybe not comparing is not the right word, but but how does how does that part of our budget, how does this discretionary spending part of our budget compare to the giving and the saving? You know, uh, that, and that, that I don't mean to make it oversimplified, but that's kind of the litmus test. If is is are we giving and saving at a much higher rate? Then we are, uh, then we have discretionary kind of entertainment spending, and and that 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 is important. Yeah, to your point, would 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 Jesus go to a uh, to a baseball game? Maybe uh, I, I don't know. In the middle of coronavirus, I'm not going to get into that political <laughs> quagmire. But uh, but but would he would his uh, would his entertainment budget be larger than his giving budget? That is a, I mean, that's an absurdity. Would it, it, I mean, it would be a fraction. And, and I think in our aspirational budget, if we were to go back, it is, it's, uh, it's a fraction of our giving and saving. And so, uh, again, in proper context, in the proper, um, 
uh, allocated appropriately with prayer and with purpose, um, I think those things have, have a place. The, the, the other thing I'd note real quickly is just from a practical perspective, uh, the, the place where I have seen Christians get in trouble, where I get in trouble myself uh, from time to time, is beware when those discretionary things are auto pay. Uh, just, just, just as a, just as a, just as a practical comment, because it gets really easy. And, and when those, when those things come out of our, uh, I'm not allowed to say checkbook anymore. When those things come out of our account uh, or hit our credit card without any uh, conscious thought, they become really easy and they pile up. And, and if we're not reviewing those things, you know, if we're not reviewing the Netflix and the sling TV and the XM and all those things that hit automatically without any conscious thought, they can get away from us. So that's just kind of from a practical perspective, how often are we reviewing those things? And, and, and Michael got a little bit ahead of me on this, but the, that's one of the things, and, and we might as well go on and hit it here because we'll forget later. But in the implementation phase of this, uh, as you're reviewing your accounts and where your money's going, it, it is absurd the number of auto pay things that some of us are paying that we haven't used in I don't know how long. Yes. Um, I, I can't even remember what it was, but it was something I found several months ago of, of a service that I hadn't used in a year that I've been paying $9 a month for. Uh, and, and I thought like, wow, that's, you know, I, I've, I've wasted $120. Cause of course they're not going to give it back. Um, and they don't care that I haven't logged into said service. Then <laughs> it was, you know, when, when I called to cancel, it was like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll cancel it as of today, but we're still going to prorate this month even though we can see you haven't logged in in 12 months. But anyway, there are things like that in the auto pay world that you've set up that may be dripping on a credit card that may be, you know, dripping into your, your checking account that, and again, it usually what they get us in, in these subscription models and subscription services. So from a, we look at this two ways. So from an investor standpoint and, and I'm in, investing in stock in a company, these subscription models are so great because if they're a de minimis amount of money, if it's a dollar, if it's $3, if it's $5, most people don't pay enough attention to it. They think that's interest or a fee or something and will not do the work to cancel it. So those subscription-based services are highly, highly profitable because of the retention rate. So now from our standpoint, what they're saying is the company thinks that you're too dumb to look for it and cancel it. I mean, just think about that. That, that, that's what the, the general investment thesis is. So be smart about these things. Look for them, search for them. You know, again, $10 a month is $120 a year. That's, that's real money. Four of those is 500 bucks a year. Right. And, and a lot, there's a lot of folks, uh, probably myself included, that have at least four of them. Um, would you like to give us any more input on immoral companies that you're investing in, or is that all you've got for today? The, the sad part is these are very moral upstanding companies, but they <laughs> prey on the uh, lack of desire to balance the budget of the American populace. Correct. Yeah, no, well, well said. Good point. Um, um, so it, again, it's, so it's, let's kind of come back to, as we think about this, discretionary spending isn't wrong. Entertainment spending isn't wrong. You, you don't, you know, stoicism is not next to godliness. I mean, all, all of those things are, are, are dumb and fallacies. 
it's not wrong to get your hair cut. It's not wrong to get your nails done. All of those things have their place. Here's what doesn't have its place. If you're doing all of those without giving and saving, that, that's the problem. That, yes. and, and, and that is Galatians chapter six, right? Bear your own burdens and then help bear the burdens of others, right? It, though, that, those verses there, I think it's verse three and verse six or whatever. They're, they're a couple of verses apart in Galatians chapter six. But those verses are there because you, you should try your best to take care of yourself, give and replace. But when you fall short, when you struggle, when you make mistakes, then as brethren, we should help bear that load along with you. And, and I'm persuaded, and this, this is what, you know, what I've done in helping people along this is not just, you know, if you have a financial issue and I'm going to help you with said financial issue, not only do you get money, I'll, I'll help you financially, but we're also going to talk about your budget to how this doesn't happen again. And, and, and that's, to me, that's Jesus's statement, right? Give a man a fish he eats for today, teach a man to fish he eats for the rest of his life. You know, that if you help, and I, I encourage you, everybody to do that, that's listening to this, this podcast or, or YouTube video, that if you're going to help somebody financially, truly help them. Don't give them a hundred bucks. Don't pay a bill for them. Help, see, help them see where they're struggling to not bear their own burdens. And, and see what can be changed, what can be fixed. And, and listen, I, whenever I do this, and, and I don't, I'm not saying I'm out, you know, Mr. Philanthropy here, um, but from time to time I help, you know, various people. And that's, that's a condition of it. And I tell them up front, look, if you're not willing to get help with your budget, then I, I, I'm not going to help you financially. Happy to help you financially, happy to bear your burden. But if, if you don't want to learn how to fish, if you just want to fish, then I, I'm out. You've got to find somebody else. And I'm, you mentioned Galatians chapter six. I'm not in reference to these verses from Proverbs that, that we're looking at together. I'm not back up to Galatians chapter five and talk about that for just a minute. Kind of as we close our, our, our thoughts is um, one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Mm-hmm. And um, that again, fruit is a result. Uh, I think it's important as we look at the fruits of the spirit um, is that, you know, fruit is a consequence of a of a life that is rooted in Jesus, and so the fruit of that life, that love, joy, peace, all those fruits of the spirit, if if are if we're rooted and grounded in the right place, those things are a it's a consequence of, of a life lived rightly, and one of those things is self control, and self control is is kind of the theme of this section of the budget, this discretionary type of spending is do we have self-control in that area? Do we, is, is, there, is, there, is there conscious thought? Is there thoughtfulness? Is there self-control in what we're doing? Um, and, and, you know, Proverbs talks about uh, lack of self-control in this area. The one who re- ne- neglects discipline will end up in poverty. Um, that, that's, that's kind of exactly what we're talking about. The one who loves pleasure will be a poor person. The one who loves wine and anointing oil will not be rich, Proverbs 21, 17. Um, if, if we got, if we got a taste for expensive things, we got, if we've got, you know, caviar taste on a bologna budget, we've got, um, that, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about a lack of, lack of self-control. Um, one that was interesting, Proverbs 25, 28, like a city broken down without a wall. So is a man who can't control his temper. Uh, but that word temper is also translated in other places, just as general self-control. One who doesn't have self-control. 
And so I think financially, we're like a city that, that doesn't have walls. If we, if we don't have self-control, if we don't have um, some temperance in our, in our spending, you know, we're, we're just, uh, the walls are broken down and we're just out, out there. We're, we're, it's open season for the marauders, <laughs> you know, um, and, and financially there are people who, who handle their finances that way. It's just open season for, for, uh, anybody that's got something to pedal or something shiny, um, they they in they they give way to all those things like a city without a wall. I thought that was just a an interesting an interesting analogy. So so Mike, it, it's um, as we've talked about in other areas. This the budget is an index of our heart. It's a reflection of our heart. Um, that a lack of self control in a lot of areas, whether we're talking about personally, morally. Um, wherever you're going to talk about lack of self-control, it also just ends up being reflected in our budget. Yeah. And, and, and really what we're, one of the things as we've talked through this this morning um, that I think is missing in a lot of uh, people that struggle budget is, is the phrase we can't afford this. I mean, you know, as simple as that is, you know, sometimes we have to admit to ourselves, look, we, we just can't afford it. You know, we've got, walls we've got parameters we've got restrictions and you know we, we just can't afford this we may be able to afford it later but today where we're at you know we can't you know as, as the old saying goes rob peter to pay paul we, we can't stop giving to be able to afford some discretionary um item or worse uh let's run up a credit line to pay for it um as we talked about in our in our last lesson so it's it's very important uh and, and here's where Here's to me where the rubber meets the road is, is Mark chapter four. Yes. When your finances get so far out of whack and, and it doesn't have to be, uh, you, you don't have to be on the verge of, of taking bankruptcy, but, but when they're controlling you instead of you being in control of your finances, that's where it chokes out the opportunities for the word. That, that's where it chokes out your access to the fresh water and nutrients of, of a grounded tree that's able to produce spiritual fruit. I mean, you want to, you want to quickly, um, you know, lose the fruit of the spirit here and, and, and all the things that Michael just talked about in Galatians chapter five, uh, start cutting out those roots. Uh, you start cutting out those roots where you're not getting into the good soil and the water and the nutrients and what that's plugged into because you've got to spend your time, effort and energy either working overtime or, you know, finding creative financing ways to pay the minimum on your credit card payments or just being overwhelmed with not being able to pay your bills and, 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 and shuffling around. Uh, it, it's hard. It's hard to help others when you feel helpless. It's, it's, it's hard to reach in and give back to the church or to give to somebody that's struggling when you got a stack of bills on the table at the house. Yeah. So yeah, that, well said. And, and yeah, that's kind of where I, uh, this, this Mark four, this, this parable of the sower idea, you know, Mike, in my judgment, the reason that that, that should give some pause to those of us who, who uh, are, are trying to be Christians is you, you'll note here that in the parable, Jesus doesn't say that, um, the, the weeds of the world come and choke the word and it dies. <clears throat> it's not exactly the wording. No. Um, it says the seductiveness of wealth 
it's a, it's a great phrase in, in the English translation, the seductiveness of wealth, the desire for things <clears throat> come in and choke the word and it produces nothing. It's not fruitful. Now let's get, let's get hyper practical with that for just a minute. What, I, what, how I, I, in my judgment, how that can apply to this section that we're talking about is if the seductiveness of things comes into our budget and chokes down, asphyxiates our budget, that all, more and more percentage of our budget is going toward these discretionary things that, that chokes down our budget where our giving is forced to um, reduce. Okay. So we, we can no longer give our money toward kingdom things the way that we used to. That, that those cares of the world have literally choked down that part of our budget. What that means is all of the good that that was going to produce, all of the good that, th that, that those funds going toward kingdom purposes, whether it was orphans and widows, whether it was um, helping somebody that needed help, whether it was going in to uh, support the, the preaching of the gospel in other places, all the good that, that you could have done was not produced. That, 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 is, the, that is the literal, real life, um, uh, that's why it's a parable, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's and got a story that, that has, makes sense. We can, we can make it true to real life. All the good that we could do, that we could have done with what God blessed us with, and it produced nothing. That, that is a, that's a pretty damning uh, thought. We got God's stuff. We got these opportunities. And then the weeds came out and choked it out, and all those funds produced nothing. Uh, that should give us some pause. Here's one thing I want to, you know, make sure we point out, too. Uh, the thorns were already there. You know, it, it's not that these mythical thorns grew up as soon as you started trying to do good. Thorns were there. Uh, others are the ones sown among the thorns. So the only way to get rid of thorns, the only way to get rid of that stuff is, is you got to prune them. You got to cut that stuff back out of your life. It, it takes change, right? And if you're not, that's part of, that's why Michael said, you know, a, a little while back, this is downstream. Because if you don't change and you're not plugged into and not converted and not changed in your conversion process, if that doesn't happen, you're not going to be able to do these things. Let's be honest. You can't do this by yourself. You cannot just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to be better. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, that's not fruit, right? You can't, right? Just grit, your, you can't grit your teeth and have joy and peace. You just you try not. harder. Right. So, so the hundred percent agree. This is downstream of life choices. That's a fruit that'll come. Yeah. And, and that, that's part of this that we've got to, we've got to, we've got to understand here folks is that we, we keep saying that these things are, are faith issues. You, you get that stronger and then you'll be able to, and maybe not even by yourself, maybe you need me and Michael uh, or some good brothers or sisters where you worship at to help you get rid of thorns in your life. That, that's okay. And it's an evolutionary process. It's a, we're going to get better with this. We'll, we'll pull out one thorn bush at a time until you can get there. But for, for those that maybe have hung on through this study, um, you know, that, that we're wondering, you know, what this has to do with salvation or what this has to do with Christianity. Um, that's why we end in Mark four, because it's, it's, it's that kind of serious. It's this kind of stuff that chokes out your soul that chokes out your salvation 
that I don't, as we said, when we started this, we, we don't think that by any stretch of the imagination that, you know, if you balance your budget, you're getting into heaven. But if you can't, then that's indicative of the heart. And yes. that may be indicative that your, your spirituality has been choked out. And it may absolutely cost you your salvation because the rest of your life is fast and loose. Let, let's understand that very clear. If you can't budget with your money, if you can't, you know, get your arms around this, there's probably more aspects of your life that you can't get your hands around. Yeah, this is just a check engine light of the soul. And and if if this is if this is out of whack, it it we need to we need to go get a get a spiritual tune up. We got we got to check out what else is out of control. This is I think that's very well said. Is um, the reason that the reason that we take this seriously and and want to spend the time to have this conversation is that it's indicative of lives that are not on the right track. And uh, um, it's, it's, I, I don't believe that, that you can be in perfect self-control in all other areas of your life. And this one area is the one that, that you can't get control over. It's just, it's just that it doesn't, it's not consistent. Um, that, that this is, this is indicative of other issues and um, God loves you. And we love you too much to let go on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we, as we close out this again, if you have more questions on, budgeting, stewardship, all that stuff, fire at us. We're, we're happy to continue those conversations offline. Uh, but our next very ambitious endeavor um, is, has been, you know, probably um, 10 years maybe, um, as Michael and I have uh, moved up into more leadership positions within organizations where we've had the ability to exert some influence um, and, and make some decisions. Uh, our next endeavor here is, as we start is going to be looking at Christians and business leadership uh, and, and what that means when you're faced with um, HR decisions, when you're faced with um, accounting decisions, when you're faced with, um, you know, some stuff in the business world that's not, not great, um, that you don't feel good about, but you've got to make a decision and you've got to continue to do it morally, uh, looking at it through God's lens as opposed to um, maybe just the bottom line or EBITDA. Um, so this next study we're going to get into is, like I said, it's, it's probably been the last 10 years of Michael and I's life together. Every time one of these decisions come up, um, we spend a lot of time on the phone trying to talk it through. Uh, and, and, and we just ask our wives, just ask our wives. <laughs> uh, we figured there's probably some of you out there that are, that are struggling in the same spot and uh, maybe don't have the outlet that we've been blessed with, with each other. Um, so we're going to try to bring at least how we've gotten there and the number one major caveat, and we will give this probably thousands of times in this next study is we have no idea what we're doing. Uh, I mean, we are a hundred percent trying our best to balance corporate responsibility and fiduciary roles with Christian responsibility and fiduciary roles. I'm and the decision to that we make today may change next year. I mean, yeah. we may feel good about what we did today and next year completely change course. And, and we're going to try many, to give you some guidelines. Yeah, we've said this many times too. And this would go back to this, the studies that we've already done. <clears throat> we're not even saying we're the best at this, right? By any means, um, we're, we're, we're probably not your best source of information. We, we, we would, we would, there's people that are much smarter and more um, skilled and holy at this than either one of us are. They just may not be your Facebook friend. And so uh, we're, we're just, 
trying to have conversations that, that, that are trying to, we're trying to get better ourselves and, and, uh, you know, have, have good conversations that maybe others can benefit from also. So if you got uh, comments about that, you'd be our friend to make them. All right. Thank you all. Thanks, Michael, for, uh, for the conversation this morning. And thank you all who were out there, uh, listening in with us, um, as, as we close out on stewardship, uh, of, I guess the budget, um, next we're going to go into stewardship of, uh, corporate fiduciary responsibility. That sounds better, right? Sounds fancy. Uh, so we'll, we'll move into that as we, uh, as we pick up the study next time. But again, thank you all so much. Uh, we we're humbled that there are that many people that listen to us truly. I mean, we're, we're just clowns. Um, so we're really glad that you're out there. Amen. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. See you. See you.